Welcome to Our Chemical Health with me, Jen Gash. And me, Stuart Jeffrey. And we are looking at how we can create well-being in a way that enhances the living world. What might health and care look like in a regenerative and sustainable future? And I'm still saying regenerative wrong, Stuart. You how are. I thought you were going to practice that. That was your forge <laughs> task for this week, wasn't it? Yeah, let's not talk about the forge tasks. I think that might become a bit of a point as the weeks go on. Or, or, or something I might twig even. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, folks, I, I, I didn't get around to doing my forge, um, lean against a tree, uh, which we'll talk about later, but I did suggest to you I go and find a tree from the garden and just lean against it. He, he didn't like that that much. <laughs> yeah, I went on a, I, I went on a, a three-day pilgrimage um, <laughs> uh, and... Um, uh, Hugged every single tree on the on on the route and um and 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 became uh, you know it was a, a fully numinous experience and I became enlightened um clearly it worked yeah so you I I'm talking about leaning against a twig yeah this is this sums you and I up really what was that word you just said numinous what was that <laughs> another word for you so next week's next week's <laughs> task is to is to Google numinous, numinous. and and, and work out how to say it it's a great word. I think it kind of means like vaguely spiritual in in oh. in, in sort of um, uh, in, in impact, if you like. Okay, I think well, it's like luminous. I'm just clearly like luminous, so luminous, but more. <laughs> okay, so it's not moominous. No. That was noon. Okay. Numinous. Okay. Yeah, the the moomins are um, something else from the seventies. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway, so here we are then. <laughs> Excellent. What, what How's it been, Jen? This week? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I was just looking at what we're going to talk about this week. And we were going to unpack some of the themes from our discussion with Caroline Hessel from last time and go into a bit more depth about some of the things we found really interesting and try and find a little bits of research and frame them for people. Does that sound like what you fancy doing? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a really wonderful discussion last week and um yeah so much to unpack and and probably those themes are going to continue through um the, the the coming weeks and we'll pick them up with other people and um and and, and go deeper as, as deep as we can i reckon you're right absolutely and i mean there'll be lots of crossovers as we go and that's what's so exciting about this work you know one thing doesn't necessarily just tick one box um this is a, a weird metaphor i'm going down line here but i'm thinking you know just because you go into the forest it's not just about um being out and about in the forest and what that does for you there's all sorts of social things you can incorporate it it benefits your life in all sorts of ways so i think those crossovers have become really important as we go on so we've got crossovers tick boxing in a forest <laughs> excellent <laughs> can we can next time can we go for the four meta um uh, um, um, whatever it is, um, I, I, I was actually thinking more of bullshit bingo. You know, that's what we need to have every um, episode, oh, don't we? Yeah, we could do that, couldn't we? Maybe not with our guests, though. <laughs> no, true. No, <laughs> and also not as a debrief after. Did they say this? Yeah, I think we might we might put them off a bit. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> Dear guests, we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I've got here on our list. It's that uh, you're going to do a factoid. Is it my turn to do a factoid? Well, you've got something written down on our script, so I thought, I it, you know. I, I have this uh, fascination with mental health, and um, 
and I, and I do I do some lecturing on it as well. Um, and and one of the things that um, one of the websites that I love going to is called Our World in Data, and it's run by um, University of Oxford, um, and and it kind of collates all of these big data packages from from across the world and puts them up in nice graphs and charts and sort of it's lovely so um, just just to interrupt Stuart so what? one on the one hand you went on a three-day pilgrimage and had a numinous experience with trees and the next minute you're talking about data packages and my world in data yeah so, I, so, I, the, the, you know do we talk in congress or do we talk rounded I am um, yeah uh, bullshit mostly <laughs> Anyway, go back to your data. Yeah, so I was uh, uh, flicking through the the mental health data, and um, globally, I think the the, the latest data, because obviously there's 190 odd countries feeding into this data set. So the latest data from 2017, um, 11% of the people across the world um, are suffering with some form of mental health problem. But then when you drill down, you can drill down. You know, in this country, in the UK. Um, 15% at this point or, or wow. at any one time. Um, that's like one in six of us. And, mm. and you know, when, when I was training to be a nurse, we were taught, you know, one in four will have a mental health problem at some point in their life. Well, actually, at any one time, according to those that those stats, um, one in six of us has right now. So, you mm. know, one can only imagine that one in four is possibly a little bit understated. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I <laughs> I went for a meal with some friends recently and um, we had a kind of hands up, on, hands up who's on antidepressants <laughs> at the table because obviously I go for <laughs> But, yeah, that's just how I am with my friends. And I must admit I was a bit shocked. I mean, I knew about a couple of them that have been taking antidepressants for a little what, while. What, but... what was the percentage on your straw poll? <laughs> what was even more shocking was that how many of us were on the same one. Um, you know, there seems to be an antidepressant of choice at the moment, which we won't go into. But, um, yeah, it, it was a fascinating look, actually. But what I did like in in my cheeky, raw, it was, it was a bit of a brave move. But, you know, if if people admit to these things, then actually we can talk talk about it and support each other and it doesn't become such, such a taboo. And we talk about mental health not being a taboo, but basically I still think as a, especially in England, we're a bit, not willing to admit these things so uh, yes anyway that was no just i think i think that's a really re- really um salient point and 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 again we probably ought to think about having a um a session on on the taboo around mental health um that would be really interesting because you're right it, it is a it, it is an um a, 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 it, it is something that's really difficult to talk about no absolutely and especially i mean i it, uh, kind of outed uh you know wanted to not out myself but to sort of give people a pos- sort of an opportunity by doing that i mean we did have, we had had a few drinks by then it's not a method i recommend unless you're very comfortable with your company but i was gonna um, say you outed one of your friends oh no that's not the right word is it <laughs> <laughs> she, so, so she was sitting there panicking as everybody put their hands up to say they're on sertraline and <laughs> and, and you you grabbed her handbag emptied the contents onto the table and said what Whoa, are these, look at these. <laughs> i've got another funny um story about that and um antacids but we'll leave that for another day <laughs> yeah i shouldn't put acid on ants they don't like it no 
That was a poor joke. I suppose it was, it? leads nicely into our discussion about vegetables. It does. I was trying to segue. That's what I was trying to do. Oh, Stuart, that was that was a good segue. Go on. So, I think to start with in this episode, I think the key and most important question we're going to cover off for our listeners, um, Jen, have you worked out why you can't grow vegetables yet? <laughs> Um, yes and no. <laughs> Would you like me to elaborate? Or is, I mean, yes yeah, and no, no, no don't uh, do I mean, well on a podcast, do they really? Clearly, yes and no answers are a bit crap when it comes to podcasts. <laughs> okay. Um, I kind of, part of it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, I remember, like, because our dad, Stu, uh, was a good gardener, wasn't he? I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure he was the most successful at growing veg, but the veg he could grow, he could grow. And he would put, he'd just sow stuff in the ground and leave it there. And, and that was that. Um, and he did the basics, thinning, and would dig some compost in the soil. So it came quite a shock to me in my 20s when I realised I was really not very good at um, gardening at all, uh, especially vegetable growing. I mean, I can mow the grass and I can trim bushes and things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was a shock when I kept planting stuff in our garden and nothing grew up. Um, and I've been trying ever since we've lived here. My favourite attempt at growing vegetables was during a particularly interesting phase in my mental health when I when I cut a carrot-shaped vegetable patch in my front lawn and grew carrots in it. That was a, that was one of my favourite things. <laughs> I know. And we are talking like a very visible front lawn to the entire road. Um, but that I do love even... that idea. I mean, that, that is superb. <laughs> I, I, I had a friend who did, um, well, not quite, not the same, but um, he, he decided he was a big um, Palestinian rights activist, and uh, and he lived in a flat, first floor bedsit basically, and there was this bit of verge in the road outside, <laughs> and he went out at night dug it up well he dug up a square a, a, a rectangle in uh, and then planted it in um plants that flowered in the color of the palestinian flag <laughs> excellent and it and it was beautiful i mean it was this beautiful palestinian flag <laughs> in the verge excellent i love that did it was it did it was it allowed to stay <laughs> Well, yeah, nobody, nobody really Have tackled it, and and I, so yeah, it was there for probably a year or two, from what I remember. No. I suppose the thing is, is that not everyone knows the colours of the Palestinian flag, and I don't want you to test me right now because it's fine. I don't. I'm guessing it will be something like black, yellow, and white, but I think I might be really wrong. Um, yeah, and and, and this yeah. is where I should have probably researched the story because I can't <laughs> before, quite remember before myself doing, before um, doing a lovely anecdote. But um, yeah, uh, so anyway, so but but the carrot-shaped carrot patch didn't it didn't it didn't encourage the carrots to grow. I mean, I thought you know they might like it, <laughs> <laughs> they might you know oh this is great. Dad's made a really nice house for us. But um, it also I would say it did look a little bit like a fish shape as well. It could have been a bit fish shape. Um, but yeah, so that was my favourite attempt to help the carrots there, grow there are other aspects to growing vegetables um rather than just the shape of the plot <laughs> okay i i, I <laughs> really I, i've got the giggles now but even in the back garden in like a like a re, you know very mainstream vegetable patch and over the years i've really dug in all sorts of interesting compost into it you know it should be pretty good soil out there 
nope, it's not happening. And we're not talking about me trying to grow things like asparagus or interesting, difficult to grow veg. We're talking about carrots, potatoes, cabbage. I just want to grow some normal stuff. Um, but yeah, one problem I have discovered is, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm really no good at watering things. You have um, to kind of keep them alive with yeah. a bit of water now and yeah. again in, yeah. in the summer. Um, yeah, my my my, I did grow. Well, we we always grow something, um, and last year, um, just in the just in the flower bed. So we've had some problems because we've got a we've got a, a garden that's overrun with squirrels, and they squirrels. are an absolute menace. I love squirrels um, so much. And the previous year, they I kept putting out runner beans. They kept digging them up, eating them, biting them, whatever. So I I I put the runner beans in this time with um, chicken wire around them. And they grew. They were fine. Got up to six foot, and I thought, right, they are very well established. They're starting to flower. I can take the chicken wire away. That was a mistake. Oh no! Because um, the uh, the squirrels walked up, and they just bit a one inch portion <laughs> out of the bottom <laughs> of each plant. Did they walk up on two legs, like striding over the garden yeah. lawn? Okay, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, oh, you. I mean, I must admit that this does the other. Re- the other thing I have realised that's been going on is we have a lot of pigeons, and yeah. they have been basically just eating my seedlings. And I, I thought them. I'd, um, <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd uh, try something different and do some winter veg because then you haven't got to water them. Um, so I, and I also thought I'd try buying sort of ready grown sort of seedlings that are a little bit on. So planted like well, I've spent about thirty quid. Um, yep, pigeons ate them all within two days. You have to protect the whole lot. Uh, we, yep. We've got pigeons, squirrels, they're a nightmare. Well, anyway, I we think, need to, I think we, we need, need to, to move on from Yeah, from, we do. Yeah. So, so I, I do think, though, it would be good again to have a bit of a session at some point on 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 growing your own vegetables. I think we ought to get a, a decent gardener on here, someone to tell us what to do. <laughs> Well, you tell you what to do because I'm I'm kind of quite good. I think that's a really good idea, and we could also have a session on herbs because we we could invite the lovely Jekka because she's got her herb garden just down the road. So, oh, fantastic! She's just, just literally a mile away from here. But wow, um, yeah. Now I wanted to um, sort of as we were talking to Caroline last week and talking a bit about the therapeutic stuff in nature, and there is actually a six-step model of nature therapy. Excellent. Um, this is interesting so the, the 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 stages in this um and i'm not i'm not a great one with these six step things because i do think to be honest uh, or it's not these things don't happen sequentially they happen all at the same time they're you know i think models which are a bit more 3d are better but essentially that we have stimulation no sniggering acceptance purification insight recharging and change nice nice words aren't they yeah very nice hmm. words and I mean, I think I would probably change some of those sort of words, but um... <laughs> <laughs> you want to get sleeping in there, would you? <laughs> well, for me, the stimulation part is more about the sensory side of things. So, as an occupational therapist, we're we're one of the I believe we're one of the only professions that take much notice of our sensory systems, and not just our sight and the usual five senses. Um, you know, visual, auditory, gustatory, that's the tasting bit. Olfactory, that's the smelly bit. Um, kinesthetic, that's the touchy-feely bit. 
interoceptive that's like the internal senses um thirst uh rumbly tummy um temperature sensation and also th- uh, so, so did you say rumbly tummy uh, i did yeah yeah after uh, after all those nice long words <laughs> Yeah, that 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 was quite quite incongruous. I love that actually. I'm quite proud of that. Rumbly tummy. That's a a medical term. Yes, um, between kinesthetic yeah. and proprioceptor, we have we rumbly, have rumbly tummy. tummy. Very good. <laughs> but we also have things like people don't think about. I mean, temporal. So our sense of time is a sensory thing. Um, and you could also put in there things like intuition. Um, a sense of perspective and size and so these are all kind of sensory perceptual things and you know when you start so we have this thing numinosity oh numinosity yeah numinosity well we have this thing in ot called activity analysis so when you train to be an ot you would take an activity if we said for example um digging up some vegetables or no, no, let's go for planting vegetables. So you'd run through what sort of visual aspects are needed, what, you know, um, you'd need to be able to see the seeds perhaps and um, locate the the pots and what have you. Um, you'd use your scent, your kinesthetic, your scent, sort of feely senses to um, put the soil in, et cetera, sort of sensing how damp the soil is. And you'd go through all of these aspects, not just the sensory, you'd also use the physical aspects about lifting, carrying, um, the psychological aspects, the cognitive aspects of choosing, sequencing. Um, so this is kind of what we do kind of after a while when you've trained as an OT, you tend to do these things kind of automatically. But when you think about the sort of sensory stuff to do with nature, it's it's huge. It's kind of yeah. a massive chunk of it. And that's why I love a combination of activities that you could do in nature that also fulfill other things. Um, yeah, I mean, just thinking, you know, in terms of those that v- wide variety of sensory inputs. Um, these are the things you don't get when you're, um, when, I don't know, when you're playing on the um, on the computer. You've got mm. the two, maybe three inputs, haven't you? Yes, Visual, yeah, absolutely. Auditory and um, and probably a yeah. bit of uh, proprioception or something. But yeah, you, you know, you absolutely. don't have that wide variety of mm. inputs, and, and not only that. None of it's actually real, is it? Whereas the nature well, stuff is <laughs> tangible. It's it's there. It's it's what life really is. I, I would know some gamers that would argue about the realness of it. And one day we should probably have we, we probably should have a discussion about that. But yeah, I do know what you mean. Um, I mean, for me, sort of, if you took similar activities one that you do maybe outside and one that you do inside um i was let's i mean even just thinking about cooking if you cook on a cooker indoors you know you like the gas um you could empty a tin of baked beans in um uh heat it up you know turn the cook electric cooker on whereas if you're cooking outside you might find some food you might dig it up chop it wash it etc or um but you're lighting a fire um, you've got the smell of the wood smoke, the smell of the 
the trees um, and you've got a lot more stuff that sensorially goes into cooking outside so I think it's if you want to compare things it needs to be kind of a, a like for like to see and I'm not suggesting we all go home tonight and cook our dinner in the garden. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I was well. It, it, we're recording this on Valentine's Day, so why not? Um, it's only it's only freezing out there. It's not a problem. <laughs> it's not too um, bad. No, but I, I, I do. I, I do. As, think... you were, as you were talking, I mean, I was sort of thinking of the comparison. So, um, as I probably said, I quite like running, um, and I've got this wonderful run along the riverbank mm. through woodland. Um, it's just just super, superb and you know yep. i can usually do it in uh five it's a 5k run i can do it in about 27 minutes mostly no, that, no about 27 minutes is not an about you are showing off that you can do i've done it in 25 actually huh? and Once. about is about half an hour <laughs> about half an hour 27 30 27 35 usually you know it's around that kind of figure but when I get into the gym, so I, I, I was going to the gym, um, mm. and I and I I kind of joined the gym because it does get a bit cold outside in winter, mm. and running on a treadmill should be, it, it, I should be as fast as when I run along the riverbank, mm. and I am so much slower. That's interesting. And I'm so bored, oh, and yeah. I'm so yeah. thirsty. I'm uh, you know I can run in um, sort of seventy degrees of heat, um, uh, obviously Fahrenheit, um, mm. and uh, and, and and yes, it's hot and it's hard work, but I, I'll do the 5K. It's not a problem. If I'm in a gym where it's air conditioned, um, I'm I'm incredibly sweaty. I'm yeah. incredibly hot and I'm bored. Yeah. So that's your temperature regulation as a sensory interoceptive function. You know, if you're outdoors, you can do that better because you've got the natural air. And if it's hotter, your body will sweat, you know. But if you're in most gyms are air conditioned, it's a very... Yeah. Um, fake environment, isn't it? And of but course, that should got... help with with, tra- uh, with with transpiration. And mm. you know, e- even the, the even the running machines have got a little fan on them that blows, <laughs> so you, so it feels like you're getting a bit of a breeze. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it, but it's it's <laughs> fundamentally different. And um, yeah. and I, and I haven't quite pinned down how it can be that different. But it but it's a really yeah, it very really different is. experience. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's I mean, I've always wondered if people just go to the gym to run on the treadmill, why on earth aren't they doing it outside? Um, it's free. And, yeah, you've got stuff visually that can take your attention. But, of course, they've got videos on, you know, treadmills, haven't they? But there's things like lovely smells. And of, I suppose in the gym you do have lovely sweaty smells. Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking of more yeah, smell of maybe. the river or the trees. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, you're, you're completely right. It's a very different thing. I mean, so let's just, um, you know, this, with this six step model of nature therapy, that's the sort of those sensory bits to me are the sort of the stimulation, but I suppose they've got this next bit about acceptance, which is a bit weird to consider, but I think there's something about, um, when you're out and about things get more in balance, um, in, you know, stuff in your head and also they, can sort of become more um you get more sense of perspective so what i'm thinking of is you know if you're walking out and about sometimes your problems can seem smaller um or they kind of you start generating new ideas about a situation or you start seeing you know internally getting a better idea about things so i think that's what the acceptance um 
and also perhaps this insight bit in their model. I'm not sure about the purification. I mean, I suppose if you're breathing just, just, nice Just air, picking up on the on, on that bit. I mean, there, there is something about the sense of perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 well, I did my my, my forge work. Um, I actually did it on um, on Bluebell Hill. There's this wonderful ancient woodland, um, mm. and there was nobody there. It was just wonderfully quiet. Um, and I was kind of standing there looking around. Um, I mean, it was about eight o'clock in the morning. Um, the animals were keeping out of the way, mm. um, but there was just this sense of timelessness mm. and. And and perspective that said, well, actually, this is real life. Yeah. This is yeah. a real part of life, mm. and and some of the stuff that we we churn through day in day out. How real is it compared to a yep. a woodland that has been there for probably tens of thousand, ten thousand years, probably since yeah. the ice age? That particular woodland. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the sense of perspective, isn't it? I'm, you know, I am this tiny thing this speck um of short-lived life amongst this the, the huge nature of nature huge yeah, nature, it's, you know. it's sort of the concept of long time isn't it you yeah know? absolutely mm. and i don't think you know i'm not down, downplaying the individual importance we place on our, our lives and our journey but it does give you a, a healthy sense of perspective so i yeah completely agree with you on on that one and, and just... you're right so so our our individual lives and our individual journey is really really important but it's also important to set that within a context mm, absolutely and for me it's always about yeah okay i'm you know those sort of experiences make me say to myself yeah let's not take this so seriously jen you know, for yeah. goodness sake, you know, this is... What's the worst point. that's going to happen to you, Jen? What's the worst that's going to happen? How are you taking this far too seriously? I, you know, the worst that's going to happen, well, you, well you, you're going to die. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that anyway. Yeah, exactly. So what? <laughs> just what the fuck? Indeed. Um, just to, like, another example, you're talking about the um, running outside as opposed to on, on a treadmill. Um, walking barefoot or running barefoot mm. is, a, is another good example of why it's best done in nature um something you don't get on a treadmill or even indoors or whatever is is an opportunity for you at the proprioception your feet and ankles and knees and hips etc to work um as well so we need so the proprioception bits are the little sensors mostly in our joints that do the fine adjustments to changing surfaces for example so if you're walking on the beach and your feet are sinking in sand or if you're walking on pebbles or on grass your proprioception has to do a lot more work to keep you upright and to navigate uneven surfaces yeah. and actually then that's a really important thing because especially as you get older you need those proprioception systems to to do a good job because you know if we're gonna not fall over as we get older, um, if you know, if our well, it's a good is idea, try and avoid falling over. If, you, if you're getting older, try to avoid falling over. Try to over. avoid falling over. I always, yeah, I'm, I, I can't joke with mum about it these days, but I would just say, yeah, careful now, don't fetch your hip. But it's, um, again, we have that sort of family folks where we can make those jokes, but, um, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's another thing, that's why walking outside, running outside, taking your shoes off, going on different surfaces, it's really, it's a very natural way of balance training. Um, you know, and you can buy these amazing uh, wobble boards, for example, that um, can help you balance train. 
but you know it only goes halfway compared to doing stuff in nature yeah so, i must say uh, i can't do the those wobble balls they're <laughs> just impossible and i've got quite good balance so i don't know how anyone else manages it <laughs> i think i mean i did years and years and years of tai chi um and there was a time when i was you know i could really sort of feel that my balance was pretty good but a few years of not doing it and it did go back to kind of previous tai chi status um and yeah you know, I, I didn't realize you did tai chi I yeah suppose. many many years yeah mm. i'm kind of doing yoga these days though i think um i'm enjoying the meditative ac aspects of yoga a bit more it's a, it's, it's a little less strenuous than the tai chi well it does more <laughs> It does more work on your arms because you've got a weight bear through your arms. But anyway, we're going off the point. So yeah, that's no, no, that's fine. About. But I'm just going to say, we need an episode on Tai Chi, don't we? Oh, yes, we do. Absolutely. I'm, I'm making a list as we go. Are you? Fantastic. On a, on a little bit of paper. And, um, and, and, and listeners, if you've got some suggestions, do email us with those absolutely. suggestions for future for future episodes because, you know, we, we'll just carry on doing what we want to do otherwise. Yeah, it's true. And you, may, you might have a favourite thing you've been doing for years or that you teach or you advocate for that is a really health-evoking, health-providing, nurturing activity or therapy that we don't know about or that you're an expert in. So, yes, Drew, that's a really good idea. Um, just a brief nod and a wink as well to the the growing evidence of being outdoors related to um things like dementia um mm. whether it's um you know all sorts of dementia sort of the the being outdoors can actually reduce symptoms you know i i think probably a lot of the studies are looking at that in the short term actually while you're out and about but i i also do imagine that if people have regular outdoors we'd probably see a, a sustained change um, you know, we're not talking about cure, but we are talking a, an alleviation of the symptoms, but also people being more in tune with their surroundings and less muddled. I mean, I, you know, I think we both know our, our mum struggles with with that side of life at the moment. And if you've got stimulation um, and you've got a natural activity flow, you know, she can talk much easier, can't she? She can remember stuff, she can engage. So, it, you know, it only follows that being outdoors would be the best thing we could do. But but there are clearly barriers to being outdoors, you Absolutely. know, and, and if you've got out, uh, some form of dementia, um, that's a huge barrier. Um, even it if is. you haven't, um, you know, we're living, most of us are living in, um, I think it's just gone over 50% of the world's living in cities now. And cities aren't very good for getting outside into green spaces, generally speaking. No, absolutely. I want a small story about that because, you know, these things do pop up. I, I was giving a talk a couple of years ago in Cardiff and I needed some twigs. Again, I know I'm talking about twigs again, but I genuinely needed some twigs or branches for my talk. So well, Was that so you could put <laughs> your back against them and feel the energy <laughs> flowing up and down? No, it was actually because I was dressed up as a sort of a, an explorer and I wanted of sort of some twigs were. in my hair and things. Of course yeah. you were. <laughs> I've got, I have got a photo we could add for that. Um, so, I, so we, you know, we'd had a few beers and I, sort of said to my friend Rob can you come and help me look for twigs so we went outside twigging we called it so we went outside twigging and we were in a city centre hotel and I'm not joking there were no there were no bushes no trees there weren't even you know plants outside hotels they were fake plants there was fake grass and we walked around the block we could not find twigs for probably 
it's certainly a reasonable distance around the hotel. I mean, there was no hotel gardener being a uh, garden, but um, it was actually the first time that I've noticed how very little, especially in a, in a city, um, that there is nature. So, yeah, I mean, that sort of barrier, but also things like, you know, just back to mum for a bit we you know she needs a wheelchair we we have problems accessing the house because of no wheelchair access no ramps and I have to pretend that I don't get her out in a very dangerous way with us all lifting up the wheelchair <laughs> because professionally I'd be shot um but you know there are sort of all sort of practical things to getting out and about but you know whether it's the distance you live from the sea or from a forest or whether it's actually being able to physically get out of the house i think yeah. we should not just that. just just by um just as a word of um suggestion really uh, when i when i take her out i usually use a fireman's lift <laughs> you think he's joking folks mm. <laughs> um yeah so I, I do think that you know our changing our routines and habits is a barrier I don't think it we is. should glibly wash over that because, you know, there's me joking about my forge work and I didn't get round to it. I don't mind admitting it. Well, no, I mean, this is the key part, isn't it? You know, when are we making time for the the the, the, the slight tweaks in our routine, mm. the, the changes, the stuff that actually enriches our lives? Um, no, absolutely. And I mean, I, I always encourage people to do tiny things, tiny steps. And I was just thinking about, if you're lucky, ha- lucky enough to have a garden, you don't have to go out and do a big gardening session. You can just, mm. you know, the first thing in the morning while you're boiling the kettle to make some tea, you could just go and stand outside the back door and do some breathing, notice, do a bit of mindfulness, do a bit of, um, you know, cold air on the skin. What can you smell? What can you see? What can you feel? Absolutely. You know, that's a tiny step. Which... And that's what our forge is going to be this week, I would imagine. Oh, oh it might be. Okay. So let's just um, think, because I'm just looking at the time. We need to sort of talk about, we. one thing that came up with Caroline was about stopping the kids falling in the river, which isn't like literally, because we, you know, <laughs> we were talking about how we stop the generation that is coming through from getting in the pickle that we have been in for a while. Um, yeah, and I th- as you say, it's not just the generation coming through. It's no. It is... The entirety of humanity has yeah. got this, uh, has gone wrong somewhere. Um, mm. I don't know if it's, you know, if it's a modern day thing or if it's always been this way. It's probably elements have always been there. Um, and there's a great podcast for listeners if you want to, other podcasts um, to listen to. Um, John Richardson and the Future Noughts has, has this wonderful framework of, um, uh, th- three questions you know how fucked are we um and that the, there's a middle question with the word fuck in it and then um uh, and uh, the final question is how can we unfuck ourselves um and <laughs> uh, and and it's the how can we unfuck ourselves that is um is 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 kind of akin to how how do we stop the kids falling in the river um uh, which is slightly less um is it slightly west <laughs> is it better or worse actually it's worse all, isn't all it all i've got right to is thoughts about um you know how do we unfuck ourselves and how do we stop the kids drowning in the river because we pushed them in that's all yeah. anyone listening in to that particular bit of the podcast won't have a clue what we're talking about yeah yeah so, <laughs> so how do we stop pushing the kids in the river <laughs> yeah i think i think that the unf- how do we unfuck ourselves you know um is, is I'm, I'm going with the kids in the river yeah. I, I think because because it's kind of 
I, I think it's an actually a better metaphor because it's this, as we discussed last time, it's, it's you know, you're pulling them out all the time, but somebody, somewhere they're falling in upstream. So we kind of got to stop pulling them out and let a few of them die while we run up upstream <laughs> and stop Stuart. any more Stuart, falling Stuart. in because otherwise we're going to be here for the rest of our lives just hoisting people you, out. You've just, Stuart, you've I've just, just killed 10 kids, have I? Die. Yeah. I've just killed 10 kids. Mate, oh, you know, well. we, we want this podcast to build. Do we? Okay. Okay. So let's um, think about something small for the Forge or the Cauldron this week. Um, Well, I I think this idea of, you know, going outside and and just breathing and just doing that full sensory feel of Mm. uh, start with the breath, feel it going into your mouth, down the back of your throat down the down the trachea into your lungs and holding for a second and then mm. coming back out so it, just the feel of the in and out the rhythmal rhythmic action of that um to start with and you know if it's cold that's that's really good because you can really feel it going mm. down and coming back out you can see the breath as it comes out steam or not steam water vapor <laughs> whatever so that's yeah you breathe yeah yeah I'm, your, I'm not your, your hot breath yet. coming out yeah no, absolutely um, and, and perhaps if people just if they can stay outside for one breath cycle if that's all they can do just one in and out that's um, fine but then yeah that's you know, a start can, yeah that's absolutely. a start um, but but yeah, do that, and and you know, and 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 if you if it if it kind of resonates, do it a bit longer. Um, feel how your body feels um, when you're doing that. If you're standing there, think about everything going on around you: the sights, the smells, the the sound, and and the internal stuff. You know, the joints, the proprioception stuff. You know, how are you actually standing there? You know, are your knees? Yeah the minute muscles around your knees just keeping you finely in balance um and if you're feeling really brave kick your kick your shoes off and go and stand in the soil and do it yeah absolutely no i like the idea i i can actually do this this week i, I can do this yeah if you don't you're gonna be <laughs> i also think kind of you know if you've got a family it's you know the spring's coming and we've had better, better weather the last couple of weeks kind of reinstating a sort of a, a little countryside walk. And if you can't do countryside, just to walk around the town, around the roads, just to get in the habit of being outside for a little bit, I think that's also a good little step. But good. anyway, we Should need we leave to, it there? to wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Um, so um, we, we, we will have a, a guest next time um, and uh, we'll announce that um, a bit close to the time. Um, when Jen's organised it. When Jen's finally got around to organising her <laughs> bloody life. <laughs> Once Jen has got a grip. <laughs> anyway, um, so thank you for listening. Um, we'll make sure show, show show notes are on the website. And if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe using your favourite podcast app. And, and do tell your friends, families, colleagues um, about the about the podcast too. If you want to get in touch, um, please drop us an email at alchemicalhealth, or one word, at outlook.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Thanks. Stu. Speak to you soon. Thanks, Jen. Bye, Bye, everyone.